Chapter Seven of Book Eleven of Metaphysics by Aristotle, translated by John McMahon. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Geoffrey Edwards. Chapter Seven. But since also the case stands thus, and if it be not so, things will spring from night and from all things simultaneously and from non-entity these aforesaid questions may be decided and something always would there be that is being moved with a motion that is incessant but this is that which is circular and this is evident not merely from reason but from the fact itself wherefore the first heaven would be eternal there is therefore also something that imparts motion since however that which has motion impressed upon it and which imparts motion subsists as a medium there is therefore something which not having motion impressed upon it yet imparts motion which is a thing that is eternal being both substance and energy but in this way it imparts motion i mean that which is desirable and that which is intelligible impart motion whereas they are not moved themselves but the originals of these are the same for a thing that is the object of a propension is that which appears fair but a thing which is originally selected from volition actually is fair now we desire a thing because it appears fair rather than that a thing appears fair because we desire it for the perception constitutes a first principle but mind is moved by that which is intelligible and the other co-ordination constitutes essentially that which is intelligible and belonging to this is the first substance and of this is that substance which subsists absolutely and according to energy unity however is not the same with what is simple or absolute for unity signifies measure but what is absolute signifies the mode in which a thing itself subsists but certainly both that which is fair and that which is desirable for its own sake belong to the same coordinate series and that which is first is the most excellent invariably or amounts to that which is analogous to it but that the final cause subsists in things that are immovable the division makes manifest for the final cause of anything resides in those things of which the one is in existence and the other is not now that which first imparts motion does so as a thing that is loved and that which has motion impressed upon it imparts motion to other things if indeed therefore anything is being moved it is admissible also that it should subsist in a different manner wherefore if the primary motion constitute energy also so far forth as the thing is moved in this way is it likewise possible that it should subsist after a different mode in place though not in substance since however there is something that imparts motion itself being immovable and subsisting in energy this does not by any means admit of subsisting in a different manner for the primary motion belongs to the changes and of this 
that which is circular but this first mover imparts motion to that of necessity in this case must this immovable first mover constitute an entity and so far forth as it subsists necessarily so far forth does it subsist after an excellent manner and in this way constitutes a first principle for what is necessary subsists in thus many ways in the first place by what is accomplished by violence because it is contrary to free will and secondly as that without which a thing does not subsist in an excellent manner and thirdly as that which could not be otherwise from what it is but involves an absolute subsistence from a first principle then of this kind i mean one that is involved in the assumption of a first mover hath depended the heaven and nature now the course of life of this first mover in like manner with our own for a limited period of time is such also as is the most excellent for in the present instance doth that first mover continue in the enjoyment of the principle of life for ever for with us certainly such a thing as this would be impossible but not so with the first mover since even doth the energy or activity of this first mover give rise unto pleasure or satisfaction on the part of such and on this account vigilance exercise of the senses and perception in general are what is most productive of pleasure or satisfaction and with hopes and recollections is the case the same for these reasons now essential perception is the perception of that which is essentially the most excellent and that which is most essential perception is the perception of that which is most essential the mind however is cognizant of itself by participation in that which falls within the province of the mind as its object for it becomes an object of perception by contact and by an act of intellectual apprehension so that the mind and that which is an object of perception for the mind are the same for that which is receptive of impressions from what is an object of perception and is substance constitutes mind and when in possession of these impressions it energizes or subsists in a condition of activity wherefore that seems to belong to the first mover rather than to the mind of man and it is a divine prerogative which the mind appears to possess and contemplation constitutes what is most agreeable and excellent if therefore god in this way possesses such an excellent mode of subsistence for ever as we do for a limited period of duration the divine nature is admirable and if he possesses it in a more eminent degree still more admirable will be the divine nature in this way however is the deity disposed as to existence and the principle of life is at any rate inherent in the deity for the energy or active exercise of mind constitutes life and god as above delineated constitutes this energy and essential energy belongs to god as his best and everlasting life now our statement is this that the deity is an animal that is everlasting and most excellent in nature 
so that with the deity life and duration are uninterrupted and eternal for this constitutes the very essence of god as many philosophers however as adopt the supposition such as the pythagoreans and speusippus that what is best and most fair is not to be found in the principle of things from the fact that though the first principles both of plants and animals are causes yet that what is fair and perfect resides in created things as results from these persons i say who entertain these sentiments do not form their opinions correctly for seed arises from other natures that are antecedent and perfect and seed is not the first thing whereas that which is perfect is as for example just as if one were to say that a man is antecedent to seed not the man that is being generated from seed but another from whom the seed flows that indeed there exists a certain eternal substance and a substance that is immovable and possesses actually a subsistence separable from sensibles is evident from the statements that have been made above but it also has been demonstrated that it is not possible for this substance to involve any magnitude but it is devoid of parts and indivisible for it imparts motion throughout infinite duration and nothing that is finite involves infinite potentiality since however every magnitude is either infinite or finite for this reason such a substance as the above would not involve a finite magnitude and therefore it cannot involve an infinite magnitude because in short there is no infinite magnitude in existence but unquestionably also it has been demonstrated that such is impassive and unalterable for all other motions are subsequent to that motion which is local or topical these statements therefore make it evident why it is that the deity is disposed as to existence after this manner chapter eight now whether are we to admit that there exists one substance of this description or many and if so how many such there are ought not to escape our notice but we should call to remembrance also the assertions of other philosophers because regarding the multitude of these substances they have not spoken aught which amounts to even anything that is clear in the expression for indeed the opinion in regard of ideas does not involve any peculiar investigation for the persons who affirm the existence of ideas affirm that these ideas are numbers and as regards numbers at one time they speak of them as of things that are infinite and at other times as of things that are limited as far as to the decade as to the cause however why it is that there subsists a multitude of numbers of this kind nothing is expressed by them with demonstrative certainty this however must we declare from principles that are taken for granted and that have been determined for the first principle and the original existence of entities is a thing that is immovable both essentially and according to accident and it imparts motion with an original and eternal and single motion but since that which is being moved must needs derive its motion from something and that which first imparts motion is essentially immovable 
and an eternal motion derives that motion from what is eternal as a moving cause and a single motion its motion from what is single and since we see that beside the simple revolutionary motion of the universe which we say derives its motion from the first substance and that which is immovable there are other motions that are everlasting namely those of the planets for eternal and unstable in its movement is a body that is circular but we have furnished demonstrations in regard of these in our physics now i say since the foregoing is the case each of these motions must needs derive its motion from that which is both immovable essentially and is an eternal substance for the nature of the stars consists in being a certain eternal substance and that which imparts motion is eternal and is antecedent to that which has motion impressed upon it and that which involves priority of subsistence to a substance must needs also be a substance it is evident therefore that it is expedient that there should be in existence substances of this kind such as are both naturally eternal as well as essentially immovable and devoid of magnitude and that too on account of the cause that has been stated previously that indeed therefore these substances are in existence and which of these is primary and which of them is secondary according to the same order with the orbital motions of the stars is evident but at present must we discover the multitude of these orbital motions from that department of the philosophy of the mathematical sciences which is most appropriately devoted to this purpose i mean from astronomy for this science institutes an investigation respecting a substance that is cognizant by sense no doubt but such as is eternal the rest of the mathematical sciences however are not concerned about any substance whatever for example take the case of the science respecting numbers and geometry that therefore there are numerous orbital motions belonging to the stars that are being moved across the arch of heaven is evident to those who have even moderately busied themselves in such inquiries for more motions than one do each of the planetary stars assume but as to how many these happen to be let us likewise now declare the statements which some of the mathematicians make on this subject for the purpose of understanding the point under investigation in order that it may be possible to apprehend a certain multitude of these when mentally defined but as to what remains we must ourselves investigate into some points but we must make inquiries into others from persons engaged in investigations into these subjects if haply anything beside the statements that already have been made may appear to those who are busied in these speculations and if so we should bestow affection upon both yet yield our assent only to those who are more accurate eudoxus in his system therefore laid down the orbital motion of the sun and moon to be severally in three spheres the first of which he maintained was that of the fixed stars and the second was that which accords with the circle which passes through the central signs of the zodiac and the third with that circle which is situated obliquely in the latitude of the zodiacal signs now that oblique circle through which the moon is carried is situated in a wider latitude than that through which the sun is carried 
but of the devious or erratic stars he makes a disposition of each in four spheres and of these likewise he considers the first and second to be the same with those of the sun and moon for the sphere of the fixed stars according to him is the same with that first sphere which carries along all the orbs and that which has been arranged under this and possesses a motion corresponding with the circle that passes through the central signs of the zodiac he considers a sphere common to all these heavenly bodies he is of opinion however that the poles of the third sphere which is common to all are situated in that circle which passes through the central signs of the zodiac and that the motion of the fourth sphere is in an orbit declining towards the centre of the third and that the poles of the third sphere are the proper poles of the other spheres but that venus and mercury have the same poles callippus however sets down the same disposition of the spheres with eudoxus that is the same arrangement of their mutual distances but with respect to their multitude he ascribed to the star of jupiter as well as to that of saturn the same number with eudoxus yet still he thinks that to the luminary of the sun and to that of the moon there should further be annexed two spheres that is supposing one likely to furnish a solution of the phenomena and in regard of the other spheres of the planets he adds one sphere to each it is necessary however on the supposition that all when collected together are likely to furnish a solution of the phenomena that according to each of the erratic stars there should be different spheres revolving less by one than those which carry along the planets and in regard of position restore into the same place the first sphere invariably of the star which is ranked in an inferior order for in this way only is it possible that by the orbital motion of the planets should be produced all the phenomena that may be observed since therefore as regards the spheres in which the planets are carried along some of them are made to amount to eight but others to five and twenty and of these it is not necessary that those merely should have revolving spheres in which a star arranged lowest down is carried those accordingly that impart a revolutionary motion to the spheres of the two first will be six in number while those to the spheres of the four subsequent stars will be eleven the total amount of all the spheres however as well those that carry along the stars as also those that make them revolve will be fifty and five but if one were not to add the motions of the moon which we have mentioned to the sun also all the spheres will be forty and seven let the number then of the spheres amount to so many wherefore it is reasonable to suppose that both the substances and the first principles which are immovable and are cognizant by the senses should be so many in number as we have enumerated for then there must necessarily be such a number as this let it be left to those to decide who are endued with greater ability to declare their sentiments on such points if however it is not possible that there should be any orbital motion which does not contribute towards the orbital motion of a star and further if it is requisite to suppose that every nature and every substance ought to be regarded provided it be devoid of passion and be essential 
as having attained the most excellent end in this case there would not be in existence any other nature independent of these but it is necessary that this should constitute the total amount of substances for whether there should be others they would impart motion as being an end of orbital motion but at any rate it is impossible that there should be other orbital motions beside those that have been enumerated and this supposition it would be reasonable to arrive at from observing the bodies that are being moved along the surface of the heavens for on the supposition that everything that is borne along the firmament subsists by the constitution of nature on account of that body which is borne along and that every motion belongs to something that is carried forward there would not exist any orbital motion on account of itself or of another motion but on account of the stars would it exist for if we admit that orbital motion will subsist on account of motion of the same sort it will be requisite that this latter likewise should subsist on account of other orbital motions so that since it is not also possible to go on in a progression to infinity an end of every orbital motion will be some one of those divine bodies that are borne along the surface of the heaven that however there is one heaven is evident for if there were many heavens as there are men in regard of each will there be such a first principle as is one in species but in number many at least such things however as are many in number involve a connection with matter for there is one and the same mode of reasoning applicable to the case of many take the instance of a man yet socrates is one but that which ranks as first amongst formal causes does not involve a connection with matter for it subsists in actuality accordingly in both reason and number that which primarily imparts motion is immovable and that which has motion impressed upon it in this case is always and uninterruptedly one thing merely such being true there is consequently in existence one solitary heaven traditions however have been handed down from our predecessors and the very ancient philosophers and left to their posterity in the form of a myth to the effect that these many heavens supposing them to exist both are gods and that the divinity encompasses the entire of nature and the remainder of these traditions in the present day have been brought forward clothed in a fabulous garb for the purpose of winning the assent of the multitude and enforcing the utility that is urged in favour of the laws and of general expediency for they speak of these as subsisting in the form of the human species and as being like in appearance to certain of the rest of the animal kingdom and other statements consequential upon these and similar to those that have been declared do they put forward now if as regards these traditions any one having separated this from amongst the others may receive merely the first assertion namely that they supposed the first substances to be gods he would consider that this statement had been made after a divine manner and in accordance with what is to be expected in the discovery as frequently as is consistent with possibility as well of every art as of every system of philosophy and in the loss of these again he must conclude that likewise these opinions of those very ancient philosophers 
as relics have been preserved up to the time of the present day this opinion therefore of our forefathers and that which has been traditionally handed down from the very earliest speculators is evident to us thus far and no more chapter nine there are points however respecting mind which involve certain subjects of doubt for it seems certainly to constitute the most divine existence amongst phenomena but after what manner it is disposed so as that it should be a thing of this sort is attended with certain difficulties for whether it be void of the faculty of understanding anything but is like one who is sleeping what may i ask would there be reverential in such a condition of being or supposing that it possesses the faculty of understanding and yet that there be something which is dominant over this faculty for in this case that which is its substance is not intelligence but capacity should the foregoing be true we could not say that mind would be the most excellent substance for it is through the faculty of the understanding that that which is entitled to reverence is inherent in the mind but further whether understanding constitute its substance or whether perception does what may i ask does it understand for either it is itself that it understands or something else and supposing that it understands something else either it will invariably be the same or something different whether then is there any difference or no difference at all between its understanding what is fair and understanding what is casual or also would it be an absurd idea to imagine that it exercises the faculty of cognition in regard of certain things it is evident therefore that that which understands is most divine and most entitled to reverence and that it undergoes no change for change would presuppose a transition into something that is worse and a thing of this sort would in the present instance amount to a certain motion in the first place then of course supposing that the mind were not perception or intelligence but capacity it is reasonable to infer that continuity of perception would be a laborious operation for the mind and in the next place it is evident that there would be in existence something else that is more entitled to reverence than mind namely that which is an object of perception to the mind for both the faculty of understanding and actual perception will be present to the mind even in its understanding that which is most inferior so that we must avoid this consequence for also would it be better not to see some things than to see them hence perception would not constitute that which is most excellent accordingly may we assume that mind is cognizant of its own operations if it really is that which is most superior and if perception amounts to the perception of a perception now scientific knowledge invariably appears as well as perception by sense and opinion and the faculty of thought to be conversant about something different from itself and to be conversant about itself only in a secondary or subordinate sense further if we suppose that understanding is different from being an object of perception to the understanding according to which of these will subsistence in an excellent way be inherent in mind 
for neither is it the same thing the being inherent in an act of perception by the understanding and in an object of perception to the understanding or shall we say that in the case of some things the science constitutes itself that which is the object of the science in the case i admit of the productive sciences the substance and the essence do not involve a connection with matter whereas in the case of the speculative sciences the definition or formal principle is the object of the science as well as is the perception exercised by the mind inasmuch then as the object of the understanding is not a different thing from the understanding itself in the case of as many things as do not involve a connection with matter they will be the same thing and the act of perception by the mind will be identical with the object of perception moreover therefore a doubt remains whether an object of perception is a composite nature or not for if this be the case the object of perception as a compound would undergo a change in the parts of the entire or shall we say that everything is indivisible which does not involve a connection with matter as the human mind or are we to take for granted that the perception of compound objects involves a connection with matter during a certain portion of duration for an excellent condition of subsistence does not always reside in this particular thing or in that but that which is most excellent subsists in a thing viewed as a certain entirety being something different from itself and therefore the first and actual perception by mind of mind itself doth subsist in this way throughout all eternity chapter ten but we must also consider in what manner the nature of the entire creation involves what is good and what is most excellent whether there exists something that has been separated in point of fact and which actually subsists essentially or whether we are to assume the existence of order or make both of these assumptions together just as we might illustrate our meaning by the case of an army for the good or excellent condition of an army depends upon the order that is enforced and the commander who aims to promote this subordination even this person in a more eminent degree may be regarded as a cause of such an excellent condition for this officer is not set over the army on account of the order that is found to prevail there but that order is found to exist on account of the command exercised by this officer all things however are coordinated after a certain mode but not after a similar mode take the classification for example of aquatic and winged animals and of plants and they are not disposed after such a way as that there should not subsist anything in common to either in relation to the other although in respect of some point do they involve some resemblance for indeed in regard of one characteristic are all things ranked under coordinate series but as in a house it is allowable least of all for the free to do anything whatsoever they please but all things or most things have been reduced into a state of orderly arrangement so to slaves likewise and wild beasts only in a small degree belongs a desire to do what may contribute to the general advantage but for the most part their operations are confined to whatsoever chances to fall in their way for the nature of each of them constitutes to them a first principle of this description 
but i say in this instance that it is requisite for all to attain unto a condition where distinctions will be drawn and other things subsist in this way of which all participate for the constitution or preservation of the entire but whatever impossibilities or absurdities ensue to those who make assertions in a different way and what sort of theories those put forward on the subject who express themselves in a more elegant or accomplished manner and in the case of which of these there prevail the least number of doubts we must not allow such inquiries to escape our observation for all philosophers are for producing all things from contraries neither however is the expression quote, all things close quote, nor the expression quote, from contraries close quote, correctly employed by these speculators nor do they declare as regards those things in which the contraries are inherent in what manner they will consist of contraries for contraries are mutually impassive but by us is this controversy decided rationally by the introduction of a certain third nature some however constitute some one of the contraries as matter just as those do who make the odd subject for the even or plurality for unity and this likewise is decided in the same manner for the matter which is one is not what is contrary to anything further all things except unity will participate in what is worthless for the evil itself constitutes one or other of the elements the other speculators assert however that neither what is good and what is evil are first principles at all notwithstanding that what is good is in a most eminent degree a first principle in all things and some i admit correctly make this assertion of what is good i mean that we must consider it a first principle after what mode however it is that what is good constitutes a first principle they do not state whether it is to be regarded as an end or as a moving cause or as a formal principle now empedocles also forms his opinions absurdly upon this point for he makes harmony to constitute what is good and this harmony in his system subsists even as a first principle that imparts motion for it has the power of congregating entities and it subsists as matter for it is a portion of the mixture now even on the supposition that to harmony has it happened in this same system that it should subsist as matter and a first principle and as a power that imparts motion yet the essence of this is not the same with the essence of these according to which of them therefore will harmony subsist and that discord should be a thing that is incorruptible would be absurd likewise and yet this very thing constitutes the nature of what is evil but anaxagoras regarded what is good as a first principle so far as it is a power that imparts motion for mind in his system imparts motion it imparts motion however for the sake of something else wherefore that is different from that for the sake of which it subsists except it subsists as we say it actually does for the medicinal art in a manner constitutes health but it was also an absurdity contained in the anaxagorean philosophy the not having produced a contrary to what is good as well as to mind 
but all who assert contraries to be first principles do not employ contraries as such unless one is disposed to handle the subject in a careless vein and why is it that some things are corruptible and some things incorruptible no one declares for they produce all entities from the same first principles further some of these speculators produce entities from what is non-entity but some that they may not be forced to this make all things to be one further no one lays down a reason why generation will always exist and what the cause of generation is nobody declares and for those who create two first principles will it be necessary to have a different first principle which would be more dominant as well as for those philosophers who introduce forms because there really exists another principle more dominant than these for why has matter participated or why does it participate in these ideas and for others it is necessary that there should be something that is contrary to wisdom and to that which is the science most entitled to reverence but to us this is not necessary for there is nothing contrary to what is primary for all the contraries involve matter and these subsist in capacity but contrary ignorance is opposed to what is contrary yet nothing is contrary to what is primary further on the supposition that there do not exist other things beside those that are cognizant by the senses there will not subsist a first principle and order and generation and the celestial bodies will have no existence but there is always a first principle of the principle just as we find in the systems of theologians and all natural philosophers now admitting that there will be forms or numbers they will not constitute a cause of anything and if they are not a cause of anything neither will they be a cause of motion at any rate further how let me ask will magnitude and continuity arise from things that are devoid of magnitude for number will not produce a continuous quantity either as that which imparts motion or as form but certainly there will not be anything at least belonging to the contraries which is both productive and motive for it would admit of non-existence but surely the energy or producing cause is subsequent to the capacity and in such a case eternal entities do not exist but yet they do exist accordingly some one of these hypotheses must be rejected and this has been declared in the above statement that capacity antecedes energy as to how it must be accomplished further in what way numbers may be one or soul and body and in general form and the thing itself no one says anything on this point nor is it possible that one should declare his sentiments thereupon unless he express himself as we do namely to the effect that it is the cause which imparts motion that is the agent of production but they who say that mathematical number is the first and in this way continually suppose the existence of another substance adhering thereto in succession and of different first principles belonging unto each these make the substance of the universe to be adventitious for in no wise does one substance contribute anything towards another as to whether it exists or does not exist and besides this they introduce many first principles the entities however do not choose to submit to injudicious government Quote, the government of many is not a good thing let there be 
one ruler Close quote. end of chapter ten and end of book eleven recording in memory of mitchell edwards